Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Thoughts and Tea. I am your host, Lori Lee. Um, today, we're going to continue with our conversation series. And I wanted to talk about um, just the, the importance of entrepreneurship, the spirit of entrepreneurship, uh, with everything that's going on in the world, with the pandemic, you know, so many people are experiencing different things at work, right? Whether it's being furloughed or laid off or, you know, having hours reduced, so many different things. And I think it, you know, for me, it just shines a light on the idea um, that it is really important, I think, to be in business for yourself, to be your own boss um, so that you can kind of control your own destiny as much as possible in situations like this. But it's not easy. It takes a lot of work. Um, it takes a lot of determination. You have to be willing to fall down and get back up um, and really be headstrong and focused on your goal and your vision for yourself. So I thought it'd be a really great conversation for us to have today. So with that, um, I want to introduce our special guest for this evening, which is Diana Nicholas. Um, she is the Burger Diva. She also hosts a show here on Radio Africa 1804 on Saturdays called Food d'Etat. And she is someone that, obviously she's my cousin, I love her dearly, but aside from all of those things, she's someone that many of her friends and family have come to count on in times of figuring out a business plan or how to move forward with an idea or how to turn a vision into reality. So I thought she'd be the perfect person for this conversation today. So Diana, welcome to Thoughts and Tea. Thank you for having me. <laughs> really excited to have you. Um, so for our listeners who don't know you, do you want to share a little bit about yourself and kind of your path to, to your career? Sure, definitely. So as Lori stated, um, named Diana Nicholas, and um, I've always been a creative. I like to describe myself that way just because, you know, I see the world in color and I totally am into everything that involves creativity, whether it's art, music, um, fashion, um, food, <laughs> um, anything that, you know, you get to meet new people, talk to talk to people and find out what their inspiration was, um, I've always been interested in. Um, so I went to Johnson & Wales University, which is a culinary school. However, I did not do culinary um, arts. What I did was I did fashion merchandising. They had a fashion merchandising um, program there as well, which led me to my career at Foot Locker, then Sears Kmart, and where I am now at Belk. So it's still in the fashion industry. It's still meeting people, but it's also about, you know, growing within corporate America, which is something that I always envisioned myself doing. Yeah. Um, and that's where my path kind of has led me to where I am today. Um, I've been in corporate retail now for over 20 years, which is a very long time, but I've enjoyed every minute of it. And I've been on the buying side, the financial planning side, and now I'm on the assortment side and I love it. Wow, 20 years. So you mentioned some of 
the companies you worked for, which are big companies, right? Recognizable names, Foot Locker, um, Sears Kmart, and now Belk. What what has been your experience in corporate America? Just like, you know, trying to climb that ladder, um, dealing with what so many of us go through with, you know, whether it be lack of diversity or having a hard time getting promoted, you know, or just playing the game, right? I, to me, corporate America is a lot about politics and playing the game. So what has your experience been like? Um, I totally agree with that statement. It is about politics and playing the game and what you're willing to put up with. I always say that, you know, I'm not going to grab anybody's coffee, but I'll go with you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you got, you know, you got a level set what you will and will not do. And one of the things um, that I've loved about my career is that every place that I've gone, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but I've gotten really great reviews about my work ethic, um, you know, my willingness to jump on any project, either be a team player or a lead. I don't mind putting myself in that position to not necessarily fail, but to take on the challenge. Mm-hmm. And that's what corporate America is about. You know, the people that who do a great job every single day, come into work and do what they're supposed to do and think that you will be recognized because of that, I'm sorry to say, but that's not how it works in corporate America. You know, corporate America is, you know, saying hi to the to the CEO when you see her in a lunch line. Corporate America is, you know, talking to the administrative assistant every single morning because she's the one who literally does everything in the whole entire company. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to, you know, talk from the lowest person all the way up to the highest person with the same level of respect. And I think I've been able to do that and have been able to climb up the corporate ladder and, you know, and be where I am right now. Yeah, that's something that I have to say I learned from you, right? Like, um, you know, when Diana was going to college, I was still maybe in high school or, or maybe even younger than that. I'm not sure. But you were like the first close cousin that I got to like participate somewhat in your college experience. So you've always been someone for me that I looked at and our careers are very different, right? We, we went into two very different fields, but in terms of being a black woman in that space, finding a way to navigate through it all and to move up, I've always looked at you. And one of the things that always really impressed me about you is you're just an amazing people person, an amazing, amazing people person, which is not one of my strong suits, right? Like that is, if you ask somebody, what is Lori like? People person is not going to be (laughs) in the first 10 things that they say. And with you, I remember, um, you know, whether it was visiting you at college or when you started working at Foot Locker, coming to your office so that I could have lunch with you, but getting to like see where you sit and see the people you work with. You're always so good about acknowledging everyone in the room. You acknowledge them, you say their names, you know, you have this way of of making someone feel like they have your attention right now in this moment. Right. And that's like at work. That's when we go out to eat. I always remember you like when the server comes over, you look at the name tag and you say, hi, Jessica. Like, I'm, you know, like you you just you have a way of 
paying attention to people, which I think is so important. And that's a skill that I had to learn because I'm very much in my own head 99% of the time. So (laughs) is that just something that was always you or was it something that you learned along the way? I think it's something that I learned along the way. Um, My family, my family, the Nicholas family, my mom and my dad are in the customer service field as well. And you know, I always, my sister and I always laugh and say, you know, our family is all about customer service. That's what we do every single day is customer service. And I think that's what led me to be how I am every single day, no matter where I am, you know, in my life. And as far as like, you know, the great, thank you so much for that compliment. It means a lot to me. And the reason why that means a lot to me is because everything I do is for my little cousins, you know, for the, for us, for the guys that come after me. And the reason why I do that is because I never knew that this job that I do every single day existed. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that my little cousins wouldn't be able to know about this job, but you don't know it would exist if, you know, you didn't have someone to show you, you know, how to navigate around it. And, you know, for me, just seeing you guys, you know, you, Kara and, you know, Marie, you guys were were everything to me and I wanted you guys to just keep just climbing and climbing and climbing and never ever lose sight of whatever goal dream you had. So I I, I really appreciate that you said that because that was that was a mission of mine. That was something that I do now with my niece every single day. But um going back to what you said, yeah, that's a learned trait from my mom and my dad. And they're very great people person and they're always like, Okay, what's going on? You know, where are you guys what are you guys doing? What are, you know, what are you learning? Let's let's be a part of that. And, you know, it's something that I want to continue to do. Yeah. That's awesome. So in looking back at your career up until this point, um, is there, what would you say has been like your most challenging or one of your most challenging experiences? I have one I want to share, but I wanted to throw it to you first. Okay. Um, I think the most challenging experience is when you either move and this is strictly career-wise, right? When you get promoted, it's great, okay? Everybody, you work to get promoted. You don't work to stay um, in that seat for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. I think for me, for right now, in this stage of my life, is the lateral moves that I've been making. Um, Everything that happens in life is there's something that you're going to learn from it, right? There's, There's something that you're supposed to learn from it, it may not sit nicely with you right now, but you're supposed to learn from it. So I recently, with the furlough, with everything that's going on in the world today, um, my company furloughed some people. I wasn't one of those people I got to stay on because I knew pretty much any any system that the company uses, as well as my experience took me from ready to wear, which is clothing, to shoes, to cosmetics, to handbags and accessories, and then... Um, and even fashion jewelry. So mm-hmm. my experience was very vast. You know, I had a lot of knowledge for everything. So I got to stay on. But now with people coming back, they had to figure out all the roles. And now I'm back. I literally came back full circle. So I started in Belkin Shoes. And then I grew in my career. And then now I'm back in Belkin Shoes again. Same department. Literally mm-hmm. same department. And I'm planning. And I'm an, I'm an associate planner. So I'm not even in a planner planner. So to me, that was... That was my biggest challenge is what am I supposed to learn from this? Yeah. And I got a chance to talk to HR about, you know, everything that's happened within the company with social injustice, with COVID-19. And 
I was a manager prior to this and that position was eliminated. But to me, I don't feel like I was the best manager. Mm. So for me to be now an associate planner and the, you know, a planner would manage people. I had to ask myself, why didn't I feel I was like, I was a great manager and how am I going to change that? Mm-hmm. So though, that's my biggest challenge right now, to be 100% honest, is like whenever something happens to me at work, how do I, how am I going to respond and how am I going to take this learning experience and how am I going to grow from it? I do that all the time and no matter where I am, I stay in my feelings for that moment and then I say, okay, what am I going to, how am I going to grow? What, what's next? What am I going to do to get to that level that I think I need to be at? Yeah, and I mean, that's that's the best way to look at it. Right. Because in when you working in corporate America like you, there are thousands and thousands of people in that company that are being thought of all the time. So it's very rare that you're going to be the focus. It's very rare that you're going to be top of mind. It's very rare that you'll find somebody who is like invested in your growth personally and wants to see. So you, you kind of have to activate yourself. And so when yes. you're in these situations Yes, uh, you know, I'm I'm all for being in my feelings. <laughs> I need I need that time to just take in what's happening and feel how I feel. But then you move on to, okay, so why am I here? How did I get here? What am I going to do next? So I love that that's already sorry, how you're sorry, thinking. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, no worries. So, um, but yeah, that's a really great one. I wanted to share something um, about my experience because I want to get into talking about like our dreams and, and building things for ourselves. Okay. And I had a turning point in my career. I kind of always wanted my own business because my mom has her own business. It's something that I always grew up seeing. Um, but at the same time, you know, I wanted structure. I wanted steady pay. I wanted benefits. So I, <laughs> I, you know, I went that route and I, um, in 2009, I want to say, no, not 2009, in 2010, 2010 or 11, um, I was working for this company called, uh, Vogue Knitting and it was a publishing company um, you know, they had a, a magazine that they, you know, that they published monthly. And I was hired to do event management. That had been my career up until that point. And they were planning like this huge um, tr uh, trade show slash fashion show, just like this huge event for the knitting world, which prior to working there, I had no idea knitting was like this huge industry <laughs> and there were people who were like obsessed with it. So mm -hmm. I got into it, right? It, it, it was fashion and it was events and I was um, really excited to be planning their first um, their first show like this, right? So we're talking like 40,000 square feet of event space and booths and all, you know, hundreds of um, uh, vendors, you know, selling their knitting gear and all that good stuff and um, thousands of people coming in. So this was going to be really big as a two-day event. And mm -hmm. I think I was hired, I want to say in October... And the event was scheduled for January. And so when I got in, there was a little bit of a, of a format already laid out. But 
I really got into like the nitty gritty of the planning and okay. I had a lot of hotel experience and they were having it at a hotel and um, the team that was there was maybe more marketing, you know, focused instead of events. So I was really like bringing in the very like organized detail oriented side so that I could help them execute this event. And so... Yeah. I put my all into it. I was, you know, like I embraced it. I started knitting. Like I just threw myself into this world. And um, I was working for this woman who was really sweet. We got along really well. And um, once the event happened, it's like, you know, sometimes you, you can see a switch in a person, right? Like I think yes. I'm very observant. And so you you know when something has changed. And on the day of the event, um, I think one too many people complimented me on all the hard work I had done to make this event happen. Yeah. And, um, and it was in front of her. And I could see that it was getting under her skin a bit because this was like her moment to shine, right? Okay. And... Um, when you're in events, and my whole career has been in events, you things happen. Like things are happening lightning fast. You just want to solve them and handle all the details later, right? Because you whatever it is, it needs to be fixed in front of the guests so no one even knows what's happening. And then later on, you can debrief, figure out what happened, what we should have done differently. And there were a couple of things that popped up during the day. And I was, you know, solving them in the moment and then later on bringing it to her attention like, hey, by the way, this, you know, this kind of came up earlier. I handled it, but we should probably figure it out before we go, you know, before we start day two. And I could see like I'm thinking I'm doing my job and I could see every time I was telling her something, she was like, well, I why didn't I know this happened? And I'm like, well. 40,000 square feet of event space, you were probably on the other side. Like, I wasn't going to come find you <laughs> and have the escalators be down for two hours, right, instead of fixing it. So I'll, I'll try to wrap it up quick, but I just want everyone to kind of get a feel for what was going on, right, to like to see what was what was building. And so that the end of the first night, we there was like this um, dinner, a banquet to kind of celebrate everything, to hand out some awards. And... I was sitting at this table with my boss and, um, you know, the more high level people in the company. And I don't know, like I, I was doing my job. Like if I'm planning a dinner, I can't really be enjoying the dinner. I need to be making sure things are being brought to the tables on time. I need to make sure things are flowing nicely. So I was kind of like pacing the room a little bit. Um, and then I would come back to the table. Then I'd step away again. And and I think people could see what I was doing. And mm -hmm. so it made it look like I was handling things or I was on top of things. And in, and she was sitting down the whole time. But in my mind, that's okay. You're my boss. And so you get to sit down and enjoy the dinner. I'll just make sure everything is flowing properly. So after the dinner, I mean, something was just way off. You know, to make a long story short, day two was even worse than day one. And I could tell that um, she just wasn't feeling me anymore. She wasn't feeling how involved I was. She wasn't feeling how much credit maybe certain people were assigning to me, right? It's not that I, I didn't personally take credit, but that other people were giving me credit. She couldn't take it. 
So the event is a huge success. It's great. I mean, everyone is so happy. It's exactly what they wanted and more. So we get back to work the following week. And um, she's like, you know, I want to touch base with everybody who worked on the event. And I'm like, okay, great. Like, that's exactly what we should be doing. So I have all my notes together on, like, things that I thought the hotel, (laughs) right, that I thought the hotel could have done better, Um, things that I thought we could have done to save money. I have all these notes. And I go into this meeting, and she's like, "Um, this is going to be a review. And I'm like, a review of what? (laughs) She's like, a review of you, of your performance. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, in my experience, right, because I'm coming from Marriott, like very, very structured and an actual HR department. <laughs> and when someone has a review, there is a date for that review. You know it's coming. You have time to do your own self-assessment before you meet with your manager. So I felt really thrown off guard and it felt like unprofessional. Like, you know, you can't just call me into a meeting and say it's something else and then now tell me you're giving me a performance review. So I'm like, well, I didn't have time to prepare. And she's like, well, um, these are all the things I have to say about you. And she's like, obviously, you're a very ambitious person. And I'm sure that has served you well. But in this scenario, I felt like you um, you weren't a team player. And you came off very bossy. And she just kind of went, she just went on this long tirade of all the things I had done wrong. And um, so I was stunned. And then she Mm -hmm. asked me, you know, at the end, she's like, so what do you have to say about that? And I was like, well, I don't have anything to say about that. (laughs) You know, like this is the this is the first time I'm hearing it. I'd like some time to process it and I can come back to you. And then she was like, well, don't you want to say that, um, you know, you'll you'll work on that and that you won't be so ambitious. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to say that because I'm always going to be ambitious. And she said, so you're not accepting my feedback. And I was like, it's not that I'm not accepting it. I hear what you're saying. I need time to process it. But in my, you know, from my point of view, I think that when somebody on your team steps up to handle things as a manager, you should appreciate that because all I'm doing is making you look good. And I was like, so I think there's a disconnect between what your expectations were and what you know, I have done in previous positions for managers who were really pleased with what I was doing. And I was like, so I'd like to take some time to think about it. And so she was furious and she was like, I don't know. I I just can't understand why you can't apologize and accept what I'm saying. And I'm like, well, either way, a review is not a space for me to apologize. Like, I'm not going to that's that's not what a performance review is for. So we did not see eye to eye. I walked away from that meeting and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't put my all, not sleep, be on my feet for 48 hours straight, and then have someone throw it in my face like this, right? And that's that was like the turning point for me because my mom had always been saying it. You know, you, you put your all into these companies and to these people, but they don't care about you. Yes. Their goal is to make money and... You're just a number in some ways. That's not always the case if you're at a great company, which I am now. But at that company, that's exactly what it was. And she's like, you have to go into business for yourself. So I thought about it. I 
knew I wanted to be planning on my own. I had helped here and there with, you know, friends and family who were getting married and doing things. And that was it. And I was like, I've had enough. Like, I can't work so hard and have it go nowhere. You know what I mean? And I tried a few things after that conversation just to kind of get a feel for, for what would happen if I stayed at that company. And I just didn't feel good about it. So... On a Friday afternoon, I wrote my um, resignation letter, left it in her drawer for her to find Monday morning, and I just said, like, effective immediately, I'm out. And I started Pink Pizza, and I didn't have (laughs) any steady income, but my family was supportive, my friends were supportive, my boyfriend at the time was really supportive, and I just signed up for, like, a a staffing agency and um, started to temp. So I was being a CEO of my business while I was being somebody's admin from nine to five. And it was Mm -hmm. changing like every other day. But it was giving me money, putting money in my pocket, allowing me to do what I needed to do to invest in building my website, building my brand, getting my business cards. And and then I just started Pink Pizza. And like it's not like I had a formal plan for starting my business. I just knew it was time. I felt I was ready and I felt like I had enough support. And it's kind of like, if you build it, they will come. I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to start this and I will get clients. I don't know where the clients are going to come from, but they're going to come. And they did. And so that was like the huge turning point for me. And I think my, my whole life changed after that. And I had my business for four years. So I wanted to share that just because there are so many reasons to to finally go after that thing that you really, really want. Sometimes it is a horrible manager pushing you out of your job. And sometimes it's something completely different. So in thinking about you and your career... And, you know, you've had all this success and you're at a company and you've got tenure in the company and you've been doing well. When did you realize you had this passion for food and when did you or what made you feel like it was something you absolutely had to pursue? So with Burger Divas, how that came about is, like I said, I went to Johnson & Wales University and me and my best friends, Quinn Collette, once we graduated, um, anytime, actually, even throughout college, anytime we met up, we'd go have a burger. I mean, no matter what, we were going to have a burger. And once I graduated uh, college, you know, I got into corporate um, retail, corporate retail, and I kind of grew in my career, I knew that I wanted to be the CEO. Like, I, I wanted to be in planning, financial planning, assortment planning. I wanted to be the CEO of that, and I was going to work my way up the corporate ladder. Um, unfortunately, you know, throughout that time, I lost my mom. And for that 10 months, I got to work with my aunt Florence. But I must say prior to that, my aunt Florence, as soon as I graduated college, I wasn't working. She was the first one who gave me a job. Mm. And, um, you know, she, I was there with her when she opened up her own business. And it was like the most inspiring thing I've just ever, I've ever seen. And, you know, I went to work every more, every day, we worked together every day. And, you know, for the 10 months when I came back to her, it was like I never left. And it just continued to inspire me and inspired me so much that anyone who would come into her business, I'd say, you know, I'd ask them, like, what's your passion? What's your goal? I'm going to help you figure out your dreams, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we fast forward to 
Belk, they call me and offer me a job and they relocate me down here. And every day I go to work. And so I started in June, in June. And every day I go to work and the people who are in those positions look tired. Yeah. <laughs> Their hair is gray. They look, <laughs> <laughs> they look miserable. They are just not happy with life. And I'm not saying that, you know, life is life is what you make it, right? If you're if you're gonna be happy every day, you're gonna be happy every day. It's a choice. But they just looked they didn't look happy. And, you know, I got to see why they didn't look happy because if your numbers are not good, you're getting chewed out. Yeah. So Burger Diva started in New York. We put it on the back burner, me and my best friends. But when I got here to Charlotte, Charlotte was such a new city. It was just growing. Every single day it was growing. Restaurants were popping up here and there. I brought it back to life. I built the website. I bought the domain. I had already owned the domain. So I built the website by myself. Um, I did it through WordPress, which was very, very easy at the time. Mm-hmm. And every Tuesday, I'd go have a burger. And this continued to grow. It grew so much that I actually had to hire someone to build a formal website. Because now the chefs, the restaurants were inviting me to come and have a burger. Mm-hmm. And review it. <laughs> and review it. So, you know, which is never fair, right? Because they're going to make the best burger. So I, always, I didn't have to go <laughs> I did have to go back a couple of times, you know, to make sure that the burger was good because you don't want to give somebody a false, you know, fake news. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just go from there. And every Tuesday, I'd go have a new burger. And then my passion for food, it just continued to grow because now with, um, you know, I had made friends in Chicago. So they're inviting me to Chicago and I'm having burgers there. My family, my sister is in Florida. I'm having burgers in Florida. You know, you guys, my family in New York. So it just started to just grow. It grew, it grew, it grew. And then, boom, I had my first event. I had my first burger and beer pairing event. I was um, nominated for my first best of uh, best of uh, um, the business awards here in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in a, ma- in, a, in a newspaper article about my burger and beer pairing event. We actually shut the kitchen down the first event that I ever had. That's how much, that's how many tickets we sold. And from there, I just, I I said, I got something here and I need to figure out how to make it stick. Yeah. She's been with me ever since, you know? Um, Yeah. She's been with me ever since. Yeah. I was at the first, that was the first one I was at, right? I think it was. And it was just so amazing. The idea was so smart and seeing all the people in the Burger Divas t-shirts and um, the options you had of like pairing the burger with the beer, seeing the chef's involvement and working with, you know, the menu you came up with. It was like, wow, like this is really something now. <laughs> right. It was it so was, amazing. It, it grew. It grew. And, you know, burgers, you know, I meant to tell you, too, because you asked me my love of burgers. You can you ever notice like if you're hungry, OK, whether you're a pasta eater, pizza, hot dogs, whatever, when you're hungry. You can't tell me you don't think about a burger first. You're like, Man, I, can, I can really tear a burger up right now. And, you know, and it's been like that for me and my best friends. Every time, like I said, we met, anytime we met, it was a burger. It was there, but it was a burger involved. I love that. So when you think about, like, even, you know, when you had the idea with your friends, what was the original vision for Burger Divas? Was it just supposed to be, like... You know, you would have like a list of like the top burgers in the city, or did you think it was going to be a blog? Did you think you were going to be sharing recipes? Like, what was the original vision? 
the original vision was literally just the blog. So I like I like ground beef. So beef was my thing. Um, my friend Quay was all about the um, the uh, pescatarian. So it was always about salmon and mm-hmm. just. I'm like, who? What? If you're gonna eat a burger, have a burger. And then Colette was all about turkey. So we kind of like we had like a great playing field, right? Because everybody had different tastes in burgers. And then once I got here, it just became a blog. It became a blog. And, um, you know, just burger reviews and, hey, if you want a good burger, go check out this spot. And then it grew into an, uh, an event. Yeah. <laughs> it grew into an event. And, you know, it kind of like it just continued to grow. So, yeah, no, it started out as a blog. And then, you know, my friends were like, hey, you should have a burger and beer event. And then boom. And I feel like that's that's how it happens. Right. Like for me, anyway, I think about. Like, okay, it's one thing to have, you know, your your nine to five, your career, but then it's another thing to have your hustle. And your hustle, I feel like, is it's, it's so much better when it's something you're passionate about, something you already love, right? Because when you're, all, when you're dedicating X amount of hours to building somebody else's brand and, you know, you know making money for, for another company, it's really hard to find the time to create something for yourself. And so if you do it with something you're passionate about, then that's when it doesn't feel like work. Is that how you felt about burgers? Like, does it feel like work or is this just something you love and you just so happen to turn it into this? Yeah, it's something that I love and I happen to turn it into this. You know, it's, you know, one of the, not to give people too much about how you make all of this magic happen, but you kind of send the you know, you send us the questions in advance, and one of the questions that you ask is, you know, what do you tell people who are interested in starting their own thing? And I'm a firm believer in this, right? If 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 there is something that you can do every single day and never be tired of it, what like how can you make this your future? Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I don't want to have burgers every single day. I don't want to have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> But now, where I am now, in the space that I am with Burger Genius, is I want to give you options on having a burger every day. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't need to be ground beef. It could be it could be impossible burger. There's, burgers have evolved so much now. There, there's not just one style anymore. Yeah. And I think, you know, as I continue to grow in my passion, okay, because this is my passion project now with Burger Diva, it's how do I get that person to, you know, no matter what type of... Um, what type of person they are um, food wise, how do I get them to enjoy a burger the way that I do? And that's, that's my passion. That's what keeps me grinding every single day. Yeah. So, so, okay. When you're thinking about your future now, do you still see a heavy portion of that going towards fashion and retail or do you think down the line you're going to be more focused on on this on your passion well it's going to be it's going to it's going to be all encompassing right because burger divas i mean she's a diva so there's fashion in there um so you know t-shirts i definitely see myself building my brand right at the end of the day burger divas is a is a brand um so I, I definitely see myself building it and, you know, into T-shirts, into merchandise, any type of merchandise. So from, um, you know, maybe maybe connecting with Converse or Nike and saying, hey, I want to put the Diva on the, you know, my Diva logo on here. So definitely see that opportunity 
in my future. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in whatever you think of, you know, which was a big um, topic today on my aunt's show is, you know, the power of thought. Mm-hmm. What you think about, you can manage, you can make it happen. Yeah. You can make it happen. So yeah, definitely see myself stay, staying in the fashion realm. Um, I do have some more information on that. I'm going to wait till the last question. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you know, for me, I think, um, like I look at my parents, you know, when when I was starting out or even till this day, they always seemed um, not confused by, but like just kind of like giving me the side eye a little bit with how much I was switching, like not necessarily switching careers because I was sticking to events, but I wasn't mm-hmm. staying anywhere for longer than two, two and a half years tops. And I think our parents time that, you know, you had a job and you stayed there, right? You stayed there, you moved up in that one company and, you know, you retired after like 30 plus years. And I've always seen it different. I'm very um, focused on my personal brand, you know, like it's one thing to work somewhere and lend my talents to that company and help help them grow or um you know, elevate certain pieces of their business, but there's still my personal brand that I need to focus on. And so when I talk to people or when I do career coaching, I talk a lot about focusing on you and what you want your brand to say about what you can do. And in my experience, building value meant moving around right? Not moving around after six months, but taking on a job, having a goal, meeting that goal, um, exceeding it, staying a little bit past it, and then moving on to something else. Because even if you're going to circle back to that company afterwards, you'll have an easier time moving up if they see that you've added value somewhere else, right? Like perfect example. I started in hotels. I started out as an event coordinator and, you know, Marriott had a whole system, like this whole program you had to go through and, you know, to, to become a manager. And yeah, I could have stayed there and done all of those things, but no, I wanted to add value to myself and I wanted to move faster than they were telling me, um, I needed to move, right? Because for them, you had to be in your certain role for X amount of time. Then you did this program that was X amount of time. That's not my timeline. That's not what I saw for myself. And so I left and I started my business. I, um, you know, then went on to working at the World Trade Center, becoming director of special events there. And then Marriott called me to offer me a management position, right? So it's like... That's what I mean by like building your own value, you know, and and creating your personal brand. And now you you are a creator of your resume. Yeah, you're in control of that. You're in control of that. You know, I'm not going to be stuck somewhere and follow their rules for when I can move up and when I can do this. And no, I'm going to do it my way. And Mm -hmm. that has worked for me. And now I'm in a place where. Um, you know, having left the World Trade Center and coming to Google, um, that was a pivot for me, right? It's not like I had a tech background. Um, I still don't have a tech. I still don't really work in tech. I just work at Google. Um, but I think there's there's 
a lot of value in pivoting in our careers because there are a lot of skills that we get that are transferable. But if you don't take the chance and try a new industry or try a different type of role, you don't get to to expand that resume, right? I didn't want to be someone that was just about events. I love events, but there's a lot more to me than that. And I think these are all things that, yeah, there's a little bit of me creating my own um, my own system, my own way of doing things. But a lot of it came from watching my mom, from watching you, you know, even seeing you do this with Burger Divas, it is wildly different than what you do for Belk. Oh, definitely. I mean, definitely. To the point now, Belk, when we have our meetings or our gatherings, people are like, Diana, where should we go eat? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, de- it definitely um, is, is very different. And, you know, just to, you know, a couple of things that, you know, your mom had mentioned earlier today as well, Madam um, Como, is you know, the moment, living in the moment. And I think what happens with your career, okay, whatever whatever you decide to do in your life is experience. Right? Yeah. You're creating experiences for yourself um, as you continue to live in the moment day to day that will build, that would add to your resume. And, you know, one of the things about Burgundy, but don't get me wrong, you know, this has been a passion project of mine for seven years now, right? Yeah. So 2000... Um, 2010, 2011, about nine years. Uh, so yeah, math. Anyway, it's been a, it's been a project of mine for a long time. And I, I there's one point that I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to do it anymore because it was consuming me. It took a lot of money, mm-hmm. um, a lot of time. I couldn't get a group of girls to go with me. You know, divas. The, you know, it's not apostrophe s. It's you know d i v e s. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. You know they're not, they're not expecting one diva; they're expecting several divas. Yeah. Um. So definitely, I definitely felt like I just didn't want to do it anymore. But you know, as I grew within my career, it kept coming back. No matter how where I was going in my career, burger divas was coming back. Somebody would say, "Hey, did you try this burger?" Or a restaurant would reach out to me and be like, "Hey, we have a burger on the menu. You should come and check it out." Or, you know, my Aunt Florence will call me and say, um, you know, what are you doing with Burger Diva? And it's like, oh, my goodness. Like, <laughs> You're like, somebody come get this diva out of my life. Exactly, exactly. You know, and even my dad, you know, my dad's like, what are you doing? You know, it's like, he'll put his Burger Diva shirt on. He'll be like, I got my Burger Diva shirt on. You know, what are you doing? And it's and it's interesting to me with him with that because, you know, he's all about, you know, corporate America and my career. Like, what, you know, like, what's the next step for you? So anyway, I, you know, I say that to say, it's all about experiences. And as I continue to evolve professionally and personally with Burger Diva, it was, okay, what am I learning in these two fields that I can merge, I can Mm -hmm. bring together and help me build my resume, you know, like a, like a, a tree, you know what I mean? Like with different branches. So, I mean, that, that's how I'm thinking of the future of Burger Divas right now. Yeah. So when you think about the fact that, you know, you have you have your job, things you need to do, the responsibilities you have to Belk, and then you also have responsibilities to yourself for this this other project, this other business that you're passionate about. How do you make it all work? Right. Like it's difficult to find the time and the space for both worlds and still have time for yourself. So how are you doing that? So I had to learn about. So, you know, you have your passion. 
and then you have a project. <laughs> Projects are not always fun. Mm-hmm. But when you put it together, right, it becomes love, right? It becomes a labor of love. And I think what happened with um, Burger Diva and then my, you know, my full-time job is that I still love both of them. Yeah. I still love what I do. I love seeing the product before it hits the stores. You know, I love getting the samples of the product before it hits the stores. Um, so I had to create a, a system for myself. And I had to say, okay, um, I downloaded a couple of apps that help you schedule everything. So if anybody out there who needs some kind of like guidance on social media apps, Hootsuite is really, really good um, with helping you scheduling all of your social media posts. And then you could just, you literally schedule it and then it'll just post by itself. You don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, finding different apps that can help me manage Burger Divas as well as when I get to work. You know, I, this is something that I've always done. I've always seen my mom do and I've seen my Aunt Florence do is create a task list, right? Yeah. So I have a personal to-do list and then I have a Burger Diva to-do, um, I mean a professional to-do list. And then on there, I, I I have OCD. I learned that about myself from my cousin Rachel. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently most of us do. I'm in that bucket okay. too. Apparently it's crazy, <laughs> but I like, to, I like to mark things out. Because that's I accomplished that that goal. Mm-hmm. So I created a system for myself to kind of like, okay, every Sunday I got to write an article about you know some, something that inspired me about burgers. Every Tuesday I have my Burger Diva show at twelve thirty. That is literally on my work calendar as a private event. It's blocked off so no one else can take that time. Um, and as well as being vocal with the people at work, like I'm I'm busy at twelve thirty. So if this meeting is not going to be important. We don't need to schedule it at 1230. Mm-hmm. You know, letting people know what you're doing. Sometimes it's okay. You don't need to let them know that you're going to quit tomorrow. But, you know, let them know that you kind of have something going on that you kind of want to nurture and see what, it, you know, where it's going to go. So those are, that's what I do. This is what I do every single um, Sunday night. I prepare myself for the week and how I'm going to manage it because, you know, with that, I also help my aunt with her social media presence. So, you know, making sure that I get all the information that she needs me to put up for her to, you know, to build her business as well. So it, I happen to love what I do. So to me, it's, it doesn't make me tired. Yeah. That's what's super important. Like for me right now, obviously doing this show was something that was unexpected and that um, my mom kind of forced on me. <laughs> but... um <laughs> But I ended up loving and it kind of the timing of it was great because I've been getting a lot more involved in coaching and facilitating training specifically about inclusivity and diversity. And so all of these things kind of just happened at once. And it's this thing now that I love, like I love it. I enjoy it. Um, I'm passionate about it. And so in talking to our listeners, like if you if there is something that you love, something that you enjoy, something that is fulfilling to you, you have to make the time to do it. You have to push yourself, right? Like, yes, we have to pay our bills. We have to have benefits. All of that is important. But if you can get to a place where this passion, this side hustle starts to become something, right? Something that you can monetize, then you can walk away, right, from these companies that aren't treating us the best, that aren't promoting you when you deserve, you know, that aren't giving you the raise that you've worked so hard for, and you can focus on yourself. So 
I think I think that middle ground, which I think you and I are in, which is like, yes, I've got my nine to five, but I've also got my hustle. I think that is a really good place to be. Not to say that one has to become more important than the other. You know, what everybody's path is different, but I think Mm -hmm. it does something for my spirit to be able to do both. No, I totally agree with you. You know, there are people who are built for corporate America. Yeah, exactly. And that's okay. And that's okay. Like, you know, I I, I am going to give my sister a shout out. And, you know, she's built for corporate America. That girl, she wants to climb that corporate ladder any which way possible. And if that means her learning a new trait for for that new position she's about to take on, um, that's something that she does. You know, uh, you know, just to give you a compliment, you are amazing at this. And um, you know, I've listened to all of your shows. Oh, thank you. Pretty much every Monday. If I if I I think I only missed one, and it wasn't important. It was a important one, and I did go back and listen. But um, there was one show where you talked about women and. Um, in corporate America, and pretty much how you said, we wait to have 10 out of the 10 qualifications before yes. we apply for a job. Um, when I was a manager, one of the things that I did with my um, associates under me, I had eight of them at the time, was I kept giving, I gave them articles on, how, you know, how to be a woman and hustle, because we don't fight for ourselves. And, you know, Christine, my sister, was wanting this job, and she didn't even... She didn't even know how to do the job. And she was like, I'm going to go for it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm an analyst right here, but I can be a business analyst one. And, you know, when I when I heard my sister say that, and I remember, you know, the show that you had, that was the most impactful show. I think I've, like, I love all your shows, but that show, literally, I repeat it to people. <laughs> I, I repeat oh, what you thank said. You. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yes, there are people who are for corporate America, but people for, you know, myself and yourself, exclusively right now you are built for what you are doing right now you had to do those other things to get there but you are very 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 good at this job i mean yeah oh thank you that means a lot (laughs) that means a lot because it's it's always hard to try something new and and i wanted to do it in a way that was um complementary to the spot i'm in in my life right now cuz i think mm-hmm. i've always been someone who was very reserved very professional um not vulnerable right like n- never letting anybody see me sweat and mm-hmm. um over the last 3 years that has been my goal is to kind of shake that and to be mm-hmm. myself because it can be really um exhausting to be on all the time and my approach for the show is to just have really really honest conversations there are things about me that i love things about me that i hate moments in my life that were really difficult and um or embarrassing um and i want to just be able to share that because i feel like when we share openly we give each other an opportunity to learn from each like you know like if 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 you tell me a story, I may not understand it today, but I'm here, I'm listening to it, I'm engaged. And then six months from now, I may find myself in a position very similar to what you described. And I can remember, oh, well, Diana had said, this is what worked for her. And that gives yeah. me a better chance at excelling or thriving in that situation. So that's really all I want Thoughts and Tea to be about, like a space where we can talk and share experiences, good and bad. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, every single day people should learn. 
I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah. You know, be very vocal. I am, I am one of those people who kind of grows from failure, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. people are afraid to fail. People are afraid to put themselves out there. I'm not really afraid to put myself out there. You know, it might take a shot or two, <laughs> but I'm not afraid to put myself out there. I, I thoroughly, you know, I want to just, I want to just, whatever I do, I'm going to give it a hundred percent. And, you know, if I fall, I'm it, at least I, I gave it my all. Yeah, and I think if you go into it not trying to be the expert, like sometimes you're trying something new. This is a new space. You're not going to get it all right. And you have to be okay with figuring things out, with trial and error, messing things up, and then, you know, being awesome at it down the line. I I think that's just the easiest way to go about it. Definitely. And I agree agree with you. You know, one one of the questions you had asked me is if I could go back in time, um, you know, what would I tell myself? Yes. So, you, now you're, you just taking my job. I can't ask you yeah, the questions. And, you know, <laughs> this was important to me. This was important okay. To okay. Me. Let me ask the question. Let me ask the question. Yeah. <laughs> so Diana, if you could go back in time and talk to yourself when you first had the vision of Burger Divas, what would you say? So, okay. So we're all human. Okay. And I have to write this down because I feel like it's important to say because I feel like people who go on this journey of, you know, passion projects or, you know, working on your hustle or whatever, you know, you you beat yourself up if it doesn't get to where you are, right? Yeah. So hindsight is twenty twenty. I wish I was more consistent. Boom, I'm going to say it. I, if I would stay more consistent, I would probably be further along in this, right? Mm-hmm. However, you know, I'm a firm believer in pauses, yeah. When your when your life tells you to pause, listen. There's a reason, right? Mm-hmm. So with, within that time of me pausing, right, I got promoted. So I, I got promoted, and I managed people. And then I learned that I wasn't that great of a manager, right? If I want to own a food truck or a restaurant, how will I manage these people? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I had to learn. I had to learn about that. You know, the other thing I had to learn about is. You know, when people think of burgers, they think of it as junk food, right? Yeah. So what I had to learn about my body. So I did a half marathon. I did a triathlon. You know, I, I constantly push my body because I'm eating this pretty much not on a daily basis, but on a weekly basis, maybe sometimes two times a week. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is it doing to my body? And how can I make sure that, you know, nothing bad happens through that process, you know? And then I met some really great people who helped me get burger diva to where she is today and today is the opportunity for me to be now i need to be on my you know my grind now i need to be more consistent than i've ever been now i need to grow my followers now i need to you know work on the next step of burger divas which is the food truck awesome that's what i was going to ask you so what (laughs) what's going to be new for burger diva and you know hot burger divas how do you see it um kind of growing and evolving in the near future in the near future, you know, I really wanted to get, I really want to get this um, seasoning, this Burger Diva seasoning off the ground, but um, state laws are different. So North Carolina does have um, state mandates on, um, the, you know, FDA regulations. Um, so I need to, I need to look into that first before I can make any moves as far as the Burger Diva seasoning. Um, but, you know, hopefully from, you know, not even hopefully, we're, we're, we are working on a food truck. I am. I took a food truck class. Um, nice. I'm reading a food truck book right now. I'm working on my business plan. Um, you know, 
So right now it's just next year, a food truck is the game plan. That's the goal. That's the goal. I love that. Truck. That's exciting. It is very exciting, you know, and I, and I think about it and I think about it and I'm just kind of laughing myself because I said, you know, by 45, I would be on, I would be working for myself by 45. I'd be working for myself. Yeah, I don't care what capacity it's in, but I'll be working for myself. And that's right now it's, it's looking like it's, it's going to happen. So that's awesome. And then if I could ask you one last question. Of course. If you could give advice to someone who is, you know, working their nine to five right now and they've got their dream on the back burner, what would you say? If COVID taught us anything, it taught you to get your together and Yes. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and figure out figure it out. You know, I don't think anybody anticipated um being furloughed, losing a job, potentially losing their home. You know, so risking it all on faith is important, right? Um, so to me, what the advice that I would give anybody is if there's something that you've been sitting on for uh, for quite some time and you're like, I just don't know how to get this off the ground, Google is your friend. Mm -hmm. Talking, networking is your friend. There's this app called meetup.com um, or meetup just generally. It's an app. But there's like literally a group for anything that you can think of where you can talk to people about your your ideas and then they can help you make it happen. Um, I'm a firm believer in talking to people. You don't have to give them 100% of your ideas, but just little tidbits because they might know someone who might know someone who might know someone that can help you get there. Yeah. So, you know, be, be firm in what you believe in, in your ideas, your goals, your dreams. Make it happen. That's it. Nothing else, nothing more, nothing less. Make it happen happen put yourself in a position to win um if you know especially if you don't see yourself climbing up the corporate ladder why stay there you know what i mean like exactly make it happen so that's my advice is just make it happen just go for it failure is not bad failure is good yeah, you can grow from failure. If I could add anything to what you said, um there's this thing my mom always tells us that you know when you have an idea the way the universe works is that, that that idea popped up for three people at the same time. So the longer you sit on it, the more you give someone else the opportunity to take it and run with it. Yes. So I am not a fan of the back burner. <laughs> when you, you know, when you've got an idea, when there's something that excites you, figure it out. Figure it out and don't wait. I, I think everybody's different, but for me, I'm not a like sit down and plan out all the details before I can decide if I want to jump in. I'm oh, like, I'm passionate about this. I'm jumping in and I will figure it out as I go. Listen, I was doing my Burger Diva shows and every time I ended a show alive, I would send it to Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to try though, right? Listen, you don't know. Never, never know. She might one day see it and say, you know what? I like her. I like that girl. Exactly. I'm going to give her a, a chance on OWN Network. Hello? There you go. Oh, this was such a good conversation, Diana. Thank you for joining us. Or joining me, I should say. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, you know, this is this is a great show. Thank you for giving me the chance to talk about Burger Divas, you know. And I love you, girl. 
Love doing the Thank you. <laughs> so as always, if you have a friend or colleague that you think would have enjoyed today's conversation, please let them know the show will replay on Wednesday at 6 p.m. here on Radio Africa 1804. And remember, you can always catch up on past episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and now Google Podcasts. Um, please feel free to share the links on your social media as well, because you never know who is following you that might enjoy them. And I also wanted to share um, some of the other great shows in our Radio Africa 1804 lineup. So Monday through Friday at 7 a.m., we have Tande, which is hosted by Florence Camo. Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., we have The Daily Fuel, hosted by Ralph Daly. Monday through Saturday from 1 to 2, we have Midi Connaissance, which is hosted by Florence Camo. Mondays and Tuesdays at 2, p- at 2 p.m., we have Yonti Kose Sui Pays d'Haïti, which is hosted by Fred Stanfield. Mondays and Wednesdays, of course, at 6 p.m., we have Thoughts and Tea, hosted by me, Lori Lee. Thursdays from 4 to 6, we have Jeudi Détente, which is hosted by Pachuco. Friday from 8 to 9 p.m., we have Monty Kaba, which is hosted by Alix Saint-Til. Saturday, we have at 9 a.m., Food d'État, which is hosted by our special guest today, Diana Nicholas, the Burger Diva. And Saturdays at 10 a.m., we have Causerie Holistique, which is hosted by Dr. Enold Millier. And then at 11 a.m. on Saturdays, we have the Yolan Smith Show, which is hosted by Yolan Smith. And then again, Sunday nights at 8 p.m., we have a replay of Causerie Holistique. So if you have any thoughts or comments or questions about what Diana and I talked about today, please feel free to message me on Facebook at Lori Lee Camo or um, on Instagram at Lori Lee underscore. And thank you for listening to Thoughts and Tea here on Radio Africa 1804.